Hello, welcome to the Healthy Alternatives podcast. I am Dr. Christine Sauer with DocChristine.com. Today's show is a recording of my radio show of the same name. Enjoy! Hi folks, it's Dr. Christine and today I'm really excited to be with Sean Coffey Young. Do I pronounce it right? Yes, you did. Thanks, who is in Trinidad and Tobago, where it is wonderfully hot, I would say. <laughs> and she is a waste management educator. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Dr. Christine. Hi, everybody. <laughs> now, Sean, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get into waste management? Because you had a life before that, didn't you? I <laughs> I did, at least I'd like to think so. Um, <laughs> how I started in waste management was actually a funny story. When I was 10 years old, my dad used to take my brother and I swimming in the beach every vacation. So once school was out for July, August, or what you guys would call the summer, um, my dad would take us swimming. And... One day, while he took us swimming, a pamper, a loaded pamper, hit me in my face. Wow. <laughs> so, from that experience, I was like, two things happened. I said to myself, I was only 10, so I said, how, how nasty could people be that they would bring their children to the beach and not clean up after themselves? That's one. And two... I wanted to do something about it. You know, even at 10, I didn't know exactly what. Um, of course, I had to pick it up and go put it in the garbage. Yeah. Um, but even at 10, I knew that I wanted to do something about it. Fast forward 20 years, 27 years, and here I am. That is wonderful. <laughs> now you were an educator or you still are a teacher. What are you teaching or did you teach before you went into waste teaching? Yeah, so before I started teaching about waste, I taught physics um, and I taught uh, what we call integrated science here, which is a combination of all three sciences, but very... Um, at the surface, so we're not going deep into biology or chemistry or physics, but you learn about the basic principles in each one. So that's, so I taught those two things to high school, what you guys would call high school students, we call secondary school students. So I taught that for um, a year, uh -huh. and then I started working in, in waste management right after. Now, I had to laugh because when you said to me you're working in waste management, you spelled it. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a good thing because it's W-A-S-T-E-S. -E you said it, not the waste that people think about in managing most of the time. That's right, yes. It's not, it's not W-A-I-S-T. <laughs> no, no, although, no, I'm although we do a lot, Although we do a lot of waste moving here in the Caribbean, we do, but it's not that kind of waste. It's the other kind. You are a dancer too, you told me. That yes, yes, so I love dancing. I love, I've been dancing since I was six years old. 
Uh, you probably started at one year old. As soon as you could walk, you probably started. Yeah, I was, I was, that was the first time I joined a class. My father, my parents put me in a class with other people. But okay. I was dancing way before that. Lovely. And you danced pretty much anything. And then you had your children and you stopped. And I stopped. And now you're WASTE management mm -hmm. and education. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about how you got into that and why you were doing it and what you're doing in it. So in 2015, I was pregnant with my youngest son and I was, my last job was a contractual position and the contract ended. So now I had a newborn baby. I was at home. I was trying to figure out what to do next. I started applying for a number of jobs, didn't get any. But then um, my husband says to me, you know you could start your own business, right? And I said, no, I can't. <laughs> and I continued applying to jobs, didn't get any. Um, but then, you know, one day while I was at home with my son, I realized that nature and the environment has always been a part of my life. And because I had the experience of working um, with our state waste company for a long time um, and really feeling like we were doing a lot of the same things and nothing was changing, I felt that I wanted to be different, to be a different voice, to really teach people from the ground up what they need to do. With a scientific background, you are the perfect person to do so. Right. And I have my science background and I used to work in the field. So with that nice hodgepodge of mix of qualifications and experience and um, traveling and seeing what's happening in other parts of the world, that's when I start. That's when I formed um, Sile Environmental Services Limited, which is the name of my company here in Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, we do work with, um, as I tell people, I'm based in Trinidad. It doesn't mean that I only work in Trinidad. Um, and I have some goals to work outside of the country as well. So I'm all about forging connections and making things happen. But you know, I felt, as I said, I felt it necessary because a lot of people were, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know who was taking what material. They still don't. Um, so I'm really trying to, what I decided to do is take a step back and to really start over at the beginning in terms of what I teach, how I teach people. So my one of the things i want people to look at is look at what you throw away yeah what is ending up in your garbage right now can these items go somewhere else other than in your garbage so those are the basic things that i want to start over with teaching people because i realize people still ask me all the time you know sean i want to recycle my glass bottles but i don't know who takes that or i want to start collecting i want to learn how to compost but i don't know where to start, I you know, know, so that's where I decided to take a step back because I had gone forward, but I realized that there was still a lot of basic things that people didn't know. 
So I'm still the case because yeah. the environment has been neglected for many, many years and it's just now turning into a global movement, especially yes. when the young people come up and say, hey, what world are you leaving us with? Exactly. And a lot of young people, I mean, I've had the pleasure of working with a number of young people and that's what they say. You know, what kind of world would we be left with after you adults, crazy people, you know, destroy the planet? You know, what are we going to be left with? And asking, and they're very right to ask themselves that question. But I also tell them, ask yourselves, ask yourself, what can I do to be part of the solution? And that's all we can do. We can start with our own garbage. Yep. And let, uh, uh, let me ask you what you're doing in Trinidad and Tobago. It's a relatively small island uh, down there in the Caribbean. <laughs> yes. Uh, what was the problem with the environment in Trinidad and Tobago and what are they trying to do to improve it? Well, because we're very small, we're the southernmost island in the Caribbean, so we're very actually very close to Venezuela. Uh-huh. Um, if you're if you're a strong swimmer, you could swim between us and Venezuela, <laughs> wow. right? Um, but because we are in, because we have very warm, the Caribbean Sea surrounds us, and the Caribbean Sea is very nice and warm. Um, although, so some of the statistics that I've seen is that although we own, we contribute only zero point one percent of greenhouse gases from the entire Caribbean I'm talking about. Okay. We feel the brunt of the effects of climate change the most. So the hurricanes, the tropical storms, we have extreme flooding events. Um, we just actually had one here in Trinidad and Tobago. People lost everything. Um, you know, so with that, we now have to look at what, how are we adding to the problem? We have a huge issue with waste here. Um, recycling is voluntary, it's not mandatory, so everybody in the country does not have to recycle. Um, but I try to encourage everybody to do it, whereas in other parts of the world, you have to. It's law, right? Mm-hmm. So, where I live in, in Canada, in Eastern Canada, we, we started a few years back to recycle and to sort the garbage. Exactly. But that alone is another problem because when you recycle, try to recycle plastic, it goes in a big plastic bag. And what they did is export it to some third world countries that got tired of all the Canadian plastic. And now we don't know what to do with our plastic that they sent back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So. And there are a lot of problems with, with production. So there are some big, bigger picture and big ticket things. Yeah. So production, what are we producing? Does it have to be out of plastic? Can it be out of a different material? Can I use the plastic into my process so I don't waste anything? Right. All of these questions are some of the bigger picture things that we have to look at as well. We have to look at what we consume, how we consume it. Can we make alternative choices what are the choices that we can make what are what are the is we don't have a lot of things that are available to us here in Trinidad and Tobago so but we do have things that we can do and I encourage people to do the things that we can do don't make excuses for the things that we cannot and until our government and the big players make 
put the legislation in place and put the policies in place. We will get there, but it has to start somewhere. Do the things that we can do, and then eventually um, the other things that we can't will fall into place. You know, have I um, I try to be everywhere, <laughs> so uh, which is sometimes physically impossible. But, you know, I try to have as much conversation with as many different kinds of people as possible. So talk to people in agriculture, talk to people in manufacturing, talk to people in radio, talk to people, you know, on, on, in the chambers of commerce and other businesses, you know, so to really have the conversation and, and to each one of those sectors. Um, sections or sectors, my conversation is going to be different. So I have to speak the language that they understand and that they will say, hey, right, that makes sense. Let us do this. So because a lot of time we think that the same broad brush can paint every picture, but it can't. So we have to understand that even in, in our own work, that we have to meet people where they are and I think a lot of people relate to me because you and I could talk, Christine, and then I could talk to a minister, and then I could talk to the prime minister, you know. So it is knowing how to change the conversation to meet whoever I'm speaking to exactly. so that they understand where, where I'm sitting from and what needs to be done at their level. And that's amazing that you can do it. And in the end, we are all the same. Yes. We are all the same. We all want to eat and drink and do the opposite. And we all produce waste. Yes. Some of it organic and some of it can't be recycled. Exactly. Now, what do you recommend that people start with? Or I know you have children. How did you teach them? And what did you teach them first and second? Well, the first thing I thought I, I, I taught my children was why they should not litter. Why must we clean up after ourselves? Okay, so we just played with all our toys. We are now going to pick up after ourselves and we're gonna put the toys away. So the next, so we're not gonna leave the toys all over. So I taught them the importance of cleaning up after themselves. Very good. Right? Yeah. Um, the second thing, because they're six and four, <laughs> I try not to be too heavy. I try to have fun. The second thing I taught them is about, and well, not in this order, but the second thing that I taught them was about what is recycling and what are some of the things that can be recycled. Uh, all the different types. So we play, we have this little game that they put, they sort their stuff, the plastic goes here, plastic goes to plastic, glass goes to glass. Um, but I also taught them about reusing things and not creating and reduction, so which is the first R. So I taught them about if we don't have to use so much, we shouldn't need to use so much. Let's use exactly what we need and not more than that. Right? Or if mommy's given you the juice today in the bottle, can you put water in the bottle tomorrow? You know, things like that. And then, of course, about recycling and what can be recycled. Because I think the first place we have to start is reduction and reducing 
you know, we don't have to generate all of these, all of this waste that we currently, we don't, where we really think about it, where our consumption is our issue, and we want, we want more, we want more, and we want more, and you we know, want now. we want it now, so, you know, when you really sit and think about it, do you really need all of that, do you need it, you know, and even, Going back, why does a flash drive have to be this small in a package that's this big? Exactly. And why does exactly. it have to be a plastic package? To and why does it have to be a plastic package in the first place? So yeah. all of these things, we have to change the conversation, change the narrative, and get people to think about things a little bit differently. So and it's with my children, we play lots yeah. of games, we have fun. Yeah, they run up and down. Yeah, they have a time. And it's interesting because I don't know uh, if it's in Trinidad, but I know in the U.S. and still in Canada, we use plastic shopping bags a lot. Yes, we do too. And, yeah, and they are being phased out in Canada. Yep. This is in a way a good thing, but on the other hand, our recycling program requires us to put the paper garbage in a plastic shopping bag so what are we going to do there yeah. they haven't thought about that yet. Not exactly yeah sometimes we put as, as we say here at home we put the cart before the horse right so, <laughs> I so think they're trying to do something good but it hasn't been yeah but they have but they didn't really completely think it through yeah you know? so um even here too we use a lot of plastic shopping bags um and that is something that one chain one of our shopping chains tried to change but i see that they've reintroduced it so the customers want their bags and they get reused as garbage bags so if there's no plastic shopping bags do we have to buy plastic bags for to use as garbage bags or what do we do yeah so i want to i want to to you know have a chat with them to see really why why that decision was made and what else can we do what what else can be of benefit to them yeah. um because i know big business is big business yeah um but yeah at the, at the end of the day we can't continue to do business as usual no the way we do business has to change so i would still say most plastic shopping bags can be replaced with paper shopping bags which are with much paper better. or of course let people bring their reusable shopping bags of with course. them yeah that's true very true mm -hmm. because when my when my mother was growing up yeah she said that they did a lot of that they didn't really have in her time there wasn't all of this plastic that there is now yeah. you know you would go if you're going to the market you go with your market bag you're going to the grocery, you laugh at your bag for groceries. Yeah, you know, so we did it then, mm -hmm. but why can't we do it now? Exactly. You know, yeah. we did it then. So I How was having a really good conversation. That they think they have to pack everything in plastic to keep it clean. Some of it is sometimes shelf life. Mm hmm for here, the, the cucumbers, for example, they get wrapped in plastic, so they last long on the shelf. Yeah, but we have, a, I joined a campaign called Naked Fruit, um, and we have really been, and that includes vegetables. Yeah. We have been trying to get the grocery chains to leave the 
fruits and veggies naked, as in not wrapped in plastic. You don't need to wrap the head of the pineapple in plastic. Oh. You don't need to wrap the potatoes in plastic. You don't need to wrap the cucumbers in plastic. They're organic. They will. They are meant to, to die, to decompose. They came from the earth. So whether you wrap it in plastic is not going to change the fact that they are going to die at some point in time because they came from the earth, so they have to return to the earth, you know? Yes. So... Um, we really think that that is that doesn't make sense. I remember growing when I was in the in the states, going to the supermarket and seeing all of the beautiful colors not wrapped in any plastic. I was like, this is nice, wow. you know. Um, and that, of course, that varies from state to state. Um, but then again, but it's possible. It's yeah. possible. We just needed the powers that be to make the decision, but it's right. possible. It's not impossible to do at all by any means. Yeah, no, you're completely right. And sometimes it's just that they want a longer shelf life, so it looks nicer longer, even though the nutritional value is long gone. Mm -hmm. And you're right, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And so it's, it's about making changes. It's yeah. about making, you know, the little steps add up to the big impact. Yeah. You know, I always tell people there's this thing that um, it's, it's just one plastic bottle said six billion people. Yeah. And, if, and if each one of us realizes that all of our bottles add up yeah. and that is what causes the problem, then we too can be a part of the solution. Yes, and it's a big problem also with the microplastics in the fish and the marine Exactly, life. and I eat fish. So the UN has said that if we don't curb our waste practices um, between by, by the year 2050, there'll be more plastic in the ocean than fish. And that's a huge problem for me because I depend on fish for my protein. Yeah, yes, I have eggs, yes, I have peas and beans, but come on. Yeah. I don't want when I try to cut fish, I'm seeing plastic inside. And we have but that's a reality. Here in yeah. the East Coast, we eat fish and seafood a lot. And it's mm -hmm. more and more plastic. And that's what curbed some initiatives here too. And I love it. And it has to go in every country. Yes, every country. We're islands. We're surrounded by water. Of you know, course. so us on one fish, Earth, it's one planet. We can't one planet. That's right. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little. We bit. have one planet Earth. How just can the one run we haven't found. They, you know, the last the scientists were saying is that they were trying to see if we could survive on Mars, but they have not gotten there yet. We can't all go and live on. So we have one station. planet Earth. One. Maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You got, you got it. Now, let me know, uh, before we close the show, when we come to the end, how can people that listen to that and says, hey, that church, she's really smart. I want to contact her. I want to learn more from her. How can they contact you? How can they find you? So I am on social media. I am on Facebook uh, as myself, S-I-A-N-C-U-F-F-Y hyphen young, or you can look for the name of the company just type in s i e as an echo l as in lamp tt on facebook on instagram i am on look for me by name on linkedin so we could always connect on linkedin um and my email address 
And of course, Christine will probably put it up so that you guys can all see. All the links. I put up all the links. And even under this YouTube video, I'll go the links. Right. And I also have, and just for your viewing pressure, I do have a YouTube channel. Hey. Um, it's in my, in my, some of the videos are in our local dialect. Because we speak English, but we do have a local dialect here. Um, but it's fun to look at. <laughs> so, but I can reach on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, my Christina's, Dr. Christina's gonna put up my email address so you can reach me via email. Um, send me your questions. I look forward to working with as many of you guys, as many of your companies or your organizations as possible to really get ways to where it needs to be. Uh, even in your school programs as well, because I have really great ideas. And as I said, I'm ruling out um, our literacy program that our books and stuff and bring a different Caribbean perspective into yes. how and you teach about ways. For children about waste. Yes, it's, it's part one of a, of a series of books and activities that will be coming out. I am super excited about that. Um, so next year, things are going to be rolling out. Um, so we're really finalizing the details this year. And next year, we're going to start rolling things out. I am so excited. I have my, already have my mini focus group, which is my children. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so they are going to, and yeah, they give me their opinion. Me, let me know when the book is out. And we I will, I will. Talk all about that and how to do it with children. I will, I will. And the book will be available for purchase too, so people can buy the books. So. That will be so exciting because we mm -hmm. need books like that for the kids that can, they can understand and that helps them understand the environment and react in a way that is appropriate. And as you said, yeah, you start somewhere. Exactly. And as I tell them, they are the environmental superheroes. They are the ones that can make the difference. Yes, they are. Because the kids are our future. Thank you so much for being on the show, Sam. It was a pleasure to have you on, and it's so exciting to talk about garbage. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Christine. As I tell people, waste is sexy. Waste is sexy to me. So yeah. I can talk about it all day long, but thank you so it's much for having me. It's not just the waste with AI that's sexy, it's <laughs> the waste with A-S-T-E that can be sexy. I love that's it. Right. you on that, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So thank you. Thank you, Dr. Christine, for having me on the show. It's been great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.